Hi, this is John Griffin from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and you are listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Hello, hockey fans from around the world. I am Richard Cote, the producer of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. It is the second line edition of the podcast, and you know what that means. No, it's not that I know what you did last summer. It means I am joined by the publisher of ProHockeyNews.com, Lou Lafredo. Lou, how are you doing? I am doing very well. Um, Happy to say. Um, Thanks. Excellent. Good to hear. It also means we are joined by our favorite snarky Canadian, Jacob Doherty. Jacob, how are things up in Edmonton? I'm more stressed than snarky today. (laughs) (laughs) And why is that? Finals. Oh, (laughs) yes. Yes, I I do remember those. I remember being unprepared for many a final in my day. I have one of them tomorrow. Oh, oh, it's tomorrow. (laughs) One of them. Okay. Okay. Well, listeners, this episode of the Pro Hockey News Podcast is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves Merchandise Store. Head over to chicagowolvesstore.com and enter in code PHN15 to save 15% off your purchase of one of the sweetest jerseys in minor league sports. Fellas, I had a really, really good rant, a really good story to share this week. It it was just ready to go. And... um, My old problem of failing to write things down has come back to bite me yet again. I know we have talked about this, uh, but I failed to write down my opening rant. So now it has gone into the ether and um, I have no opening rant. So listeners, lesson be learned. If you have something important, write it down. You'll remember it. Let's head over to the UK and uh, let's let's check in with our at least one of my favorite segments, Bangers and Mash. Lou, what you got for us this week? Terrific. Um, you know, last uh, uh, two weeks ago when we when we, when we were doing this, uh, the Cardiff Devils were down outside the top four, and and since then they have uh, climbed all the way back to within one of the top spot, uh, including being even with games with the Sheffield Steelers. Uh, the Steelers are coming in at 18 points. Um, Cardiff Devils have, are just one point back um, at 17. And lo and behold, the Guilford Flames, who had been in the top spot, um, have dropped to third, also with 17 points, but they've played two more games uh, at 14 than either the Steelers or the Devils. So uh, that's why they're holding down the third spot. Um, uh, the last week or so has been really... Actually, since the last time we did uh, the EIHL standings, it's been an up and down um, um, set of games over the there. We are now in week 12 and it's 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 actually been some really exciting games. And if you followed any of the top goals and top saves that we've been posting on the site, I got to tell you, there are a couple of really slick goaltenders. um, in the EIHL, is this uh, CJ Mott uh, and um, Jeremy McNulty, um, uh, two of making some absolutely, <laughs> I'm sorry, but absolutely some NHL uh, level saves um, in in net over there. Um, but uh, before I forget, uh, holding down the fourth spot um, are the Belfast Giants. 
they're they're actually uh, five points back of uh, second and third place and six back of uh, the top spot. Um, and they have a game in hand on uh, Sheffield and uh, Cardiff, but still uh, 12 points back. Uh, Coventry and Nottingham uh, round out the fifth and sixth spots. But um, it's it's actually been quite an exciting season so far. Um, uh, the, she- the Steelers had fallen down to third spot um, and then took four points out of uh, four out of four points last weekend to uh, move them back into top spot. So uh, that's the Bangers and Mash report. Next next time we'll hit uh, the NIHL. <laughs> and, and I got to ask: Is uh, McNulty yeah. available for my fantasy team? Because I could really use some <laughs> goaltending help. <laughs> I'll, no, you know what? Not McNulty. Uh, who you'd really want is this CJ Mott. I, hey, I'll uh, take either one. Guy. I can use as much help as I can get in my goaltending. Oh. As is really struggling on my team. Um, as <laughs> I'm sure out, Jacob, are you? <laughs> I, I, as I'm sure Jacob can attest because he's in the league too, and he's been paying attention, right? I can't find my login information. <laughs> I actually have no idea what email I used. <laughs> okay, that, that explains a whole lot of what's been going on with your team. I just, when I see Who you losing like 9 nothing during the week, I'm like, there's something going on. I, I, I got it. I, I understand what's going on now. Nothing. <laughs> Finals. <laughs> nothing Finals. going on. <laughs> well, I hope you find that login soon, uh, at least, you know, after the next time I play you. Um, all right. Let's bring it back to the North American continent. Uh, one thing I want to talk about in the ECHL, I really don't bring these up much. I probably should uh, because these mentions are, uh, are a decent honor for these players. Um, but... The Fort Wayne Comets goaltender uh, has uh, earned himself goaltender of the month. Uh, Samuel Harvey has gone 5-0-1 with a 1.8 goals against average and a .947 save percentage. Those are pretty decent numbers. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, well, um, you know, is is this team, like, really doing as, as well as as he is playing. Yeah, actually, uh, Fort Wayne is doing quite well in the standings. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second, but when I put the link in, uh, for the story on, uh, on Harvey getting goaltender of the month, Lou brought up a great point. And if you haven't seen them, I think you should go check them out. Uh, the Fort Wayne Comets, uh, blue jerseys. I I haven't seen these, uh, at least this season. They are looking sharp. Lou, you, you had mentioned it. Um, I, I think they kind of look like the Montreal Canadiens uh, reverse retro from last season, which I didn't like on the, on the Canadiens, but when you bring it over to, like, Fort Wayne, I kind of like it. I think it looks pretty good. How about you? I, you know, one of the comments I made after all of the international jerseys were released uh, recently, um, um, they just sort of sit there, but this one has at least um, that element of movement. <laughs> you know, you really don't want your, your your hockey players just sort of laying around doing nothing. This this jersey um, um, uh, puts movement, uh, I think, at the at the heart of its design. Yeah, no, it it, it definitely looks really sharp. I, I like his 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 um, helmet. It's pretty plain but you know it's got some little intricacies to it um i i don't like them when they're like too busy but um 
his helmet, you know, is 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 looking pretty sharp as well. Yeah. Uh, let's look over at the uh, ECHL standings, uh, which I just had up, and now I can't find. Uh, stand by. <laughs> Let me find the right tab first. All right, here we go. Um, do this by division. In the North Division, we have the Newfoundland Growlers on top with uh, with 28 points. The Reading Royals in the number two spot with 17 points. Right behind them, uh, the Trois Rivières. Is that correct, Jacob? Trois Rivières. Trois Rivières. Trois Rivières. Trois Rivières. Okay. The Trois Rivières Lions in the number three spot with 16 points, and right behind them, the Maine Mariners with 15 points. In the South Division. In the number one spot, no surprise, the Florida Everblades with 21 points. Right on their heels is a team who's been climbing in the standings in the past few weeks, the Orlando Solar Bears. Don Money's got to be happy about this. Uh, They also have 21 points. The Jacksonville Icemen in the number three spot with 20 points, and the Norfolk Admirals in the number four spot with 19 points. In the Central, the team we had just mentioned, the Fort Wayne Comets in the number one spot with 20 points. Right behind them, the Toledo Walleye also with 20 points. The Cincinnati Cyclones in the number three spot with 18 points. And the Kalamazoo Wings in the number four spot with 16 points. Going out to the Mountain Division, the Utah Grizzlies on top with uh, 21 points. The Wichita Thunder also with 21 points in the number two spot. The Idaho Steelheads in the number three spot with 20 points. And rounding out your top four in the Mountain Division, the Rapid City Rush with 17 points. Um, you know, I had just been talking about how well the, um, the Fort Wayne Comets have been doing, which, you know, they, they've been doing pretty well. Um, let's, I, I, I want to look at Orlando, who's been, you know, slowly climbing the standings as we've been talking over the last couple of weeks. I believe they were in the number three or four spot last time the second line got together. Um, Now in the number two spot, right on the heels of the Florida Everblades, which we know is a perennial, you know, uh, first place team, at least in this division and in the ECHL, they're always in competition. Um, Lou, what is it about the Solar Bears that, you know, they really have going for themselves right now? Uh, one thing is the uh, Everblades have sort of gone a little flat. They're four, two, two, and two uh, um, over their last ten games, where Solar Bears have uh, picked up twelve out of uh, uh, possible twenty points over that over that same stretch. So <clears throat> they're playing better uh, than they had been. Um, um, Florida still has a game in hand on them, but uh, they're getting production from across. Uh, from across the roster, uh, the, the offense has picked up pretty well, and the defense um, has has solidified over since the the last time that uh, uh, our line got together. So, yeah. it's just sort of coming together for them. And you know, the other thing is that the, their roster has not really been touched that much by Syracuse. Mm-mm. So they've had an opportunity to really kind of gel together as a team. I think that's their biggest advantage right now. Yeah. Uh, 6-4-0 and in their last 10. Not a, uh, a shabby, you know, mm. stretch for them by any means. Um, let's head over to the AHL. Um, I, I, one thing I, I do want to bring up, uh, you know, kind of not necessarily breaking news, but, you know, 
uh, timely news from the AHL. Uh, the Henderson Silver Knights are under COVID protocol, meaning their next game uh, against Bakersfield has been postponed. They have yet to um, set a, a makeup date for that particular game. Um, and uh, Lou, I'm going to come back to you with this. Um, yeah. It. Are we kind of worried like what we saw last season could be hampering the AHL with postponed games and then shortened seasons? Um, is this uh, something that we should probably, you know, be worried about? Um, boy. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was kind of coming I, at you with that, but. No, 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 no. I, um, I'm hesitating only because of the term, because of the word worried. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know a better word to use. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I'm loath to say anything and be, and be described as Mr. Sunshine by Adam, uh, next week. But, um, uh, there are issues. Um, a number of games were canceled or were postponed last night in the AHL schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hartford Wolfpack are having, uh, problems. Providence Bruins are having issues. Um, so there are, um, there are concerns. Um, if, you know, look, we have talked about this year after, you know, now it's year after year, um, episode after episode that we have to get this under control or, um, the leagues are going to go into shutdown again. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say what we're seeing in the AHL. I mean, is this going to be... Is it going to be kind of a, a trickle up into the NHL as we're seeing, you know, more COVID concerns with uh, the NHL and players and coaches on on those teams? Are they going to have less of a pool to bring up, you know, well, as we go further into the winter? Well, yeah. I mean, look at the Islanders. Uh, the Islanders were were uh, before they were put on pause and put into the protocol. Uh, they were calling up from uh, Bridge, the Bridgeport Islanders in the AHL um, and. What with six players, yeah, we're you know we're we're uh, called up from the AHL, and yeah. you know that's that's what the concern is because now you you bring them up to the island, and now you're sending them back to Bridgeport. Um, you know where is the virus coming from? You know from you know from whom is the 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 infection being spread, or by whom is the infection being spread? Um, so the Henderson Silver Knights. Now you've got to be concerned about uh, Vegas because while they're called Henderson, um, the Silver Knights are playing over at the Orleans in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, all of this is going on and, yeah, don't, <laughs> I'm trying to avoid going down, a, going down the, the, the rabbit hole for us, but... Um, I think maybe as I'm talking, uh, I think worry is the right word. Okay. I think we need to be worried. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, look at the NHL. Um, how many, there was just somebody else was placed in the COVID. Uh, Bertuzzi, um, yep. uh, is in the, is in it. And what goalie was just, Bennington. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Was just added to the, to the COVID protocol. Um, <sighs> Yeah, that's yeah. what we're up against. Yep. And Sorry we're, we're to gonna say. Be, yeah, no, we're going to be getting into those uh, those stories here in a bit when we get to our NHL yeah. section. Yeah. Uh, to kind of recap what we have as far as standings in the AHL, 
in the Atlantic Division, we have the Springfield Thunderbirds uh, atop the division with 30 points. Four points behind them is the Hartford Wolfpack. At 20 points in the third spot, the Providence Bruins and the Hershey Bears in the number four spot with 19 points. The North Division, we have the Utica Comets with 32 points, who seem to just be kind of on a tear <laughs> recently at 9-1-0. and oh. Those yeah. are Tampa Bay Lightning numbers right there. The Cleveland Monsters in the number two spot, um, nine points back of the Utica Comets um, with uh, 23 points. 22 points to the Rochester Americans in the number three spot and the Toronto Marlies in the number four spot with 20 points. The Chicago Wolves are atop the Central Division only by a point with 24. The Manitoba Moose are right on their heels with 23 points. The Iowa Wild with 19 points are in the number three spot and the Grand Rapid Riffin, uh, Grand Rapids Griffins. Oy, if only I could talk in the number four spot with 17 points. The Pacific Division, it's a good thing I don't host this, right? You know, (laughs) talking is something a host should be able to do. Uh, In the Pacific Division, the Stockton Heat in the number one spot with 24 points. The Orlando, or sorry, Orlando, Ontario, there I go again. The Ontario Reign in the number two spot with 23 points. The Henderson Silver Knights, as we were just talking about, in the uh, number three spot with 18 points. And the San Diego Gulls in the number four spot in the Pacific Division with 17 points. So uh, there we go. Um, just, yeah, things uh, getting a, a little dicey in in actually kind of all the leagues right now is uh, we're seeing, um, you know, COVID concerns across the country and around the world, especially with the a new Omicron variant spreading. But um, I, I want to start with some non-COVID news before we dive too deep. And it's kind of a big, big story, well, at least big news, that um, I want to say we broke, but maybe like one or two years too early. Um, The Arizona Coyotes are for sale, supposedly. Um, Forbes had had, uh, broke the story earlier today that uh, the the Coyotes, or at least a source to Forbes, had divulged that the Coyotes are up for sale. Uh, Commissioner Bettman has denied that the the Coyotes are up for sale, saying that it is absolutely false. So, you know, given the two parties involved in the story, the truth must lie somewhere in between. I'm guessing on the side of they're for sale, but they don't really have a buyer, is what I'm thinking. Uh, rumors are that... Um, the Coyotes are most likely going to be moving to Houston, where they're planning to build a new stadium. Um, Jacob, uh, since you had noticed this, and I think you've been following this a little bit, um, this isn't the first time the Coyotes have been up for sale, uh, but what does it mean this time uh, with the rumors flying around that the Coyotes could potentially move? Well, they're not going to Quebec City. (laughs) No. Um, but in all seriousness, I I would also like to mention that there has been a lot of question with um, the reporting in the past because this is the same source that was also saying two years prior to the Seattle expansion being confirmed that uh, they were moving from Arizona to Seattle. So hmm. there are a lot of things that could potentially contradict this report. But if this report does ring true, I think it is the best possible scenario for the NHL um, because I don't feel like a team in Arizona is ever realistically going to work. 
I just don't think that there is the fans. There's just not the stadium. And building a stadium is very expensive. It's going to take a lot of capital up front. And taxpayers are probably not going to like that. Well, we, we do have an owner in Houston who's looking to buy a team, who's looking to build a stadium in Houston. So it, it sounds like for you know, those bumps in the roads, they, they have at least a plan. Um, oh, yes, so, for Houston, so, yes. Yeah, th- this does seem a lot more plausible that Arizona could move to Houston, at least in the near future. Um, but until I you know, have a name to the source, until I, I'm seeing multiple sources you know, able to confirm this, and uh, when you don't have the NHL commissioner you know, flat out saying, although he does have a vested interest in keeping you know, the Coyotes in Arizona in a non-traditional hockey market, not that Houston is a traditional hockey market. Um, when you don't have the NHL commissioner, you know, flat out denying that, you know, the team is up for sale or that they are looking to sell. Um, I, I, I flag this as substantiated rumor, but yet still rumor. Um, I don't know, Lou, where, where does this rank on your, um, your meter of, you know, viability? Um, it's, it's odd that it came up for one thing. Um, but I, uh, here's what the, here's what the Coyotes problem is. There are not enough games that they host with the Detroit Red Wings to keep them viable (laughs) in Glendale. Um, you know what you've been, (laughs) You go down to a Coyotes game, and there are so few Coyotes jerseys. Um, all of the jerseys are whoever is visiting. And boy, if you if you want to catch a Detroit Red Wings visit to the Glendale, uh, you better get your tickets way in advance. Um, that is usually the the one game that is sold out during the season. Um, so, I I'm sure that there is truth to the there is a kernel of truth in the rumor when it happens is probably what the, what the real uh, issue is. And we've been kicking this around for two plus years, right? Adam has said from the beginning, Adam Minnick has said that (laughs) it's going to be the Houston coyotes or whatever their name is going to be. I do think that the arena where the Houston arrows played is still there. I don't think that that was torn down. So there's certainly the opportunity for a temporary location until a new building would be put up. Doesn't the uh, Houston Rockets arena also have the capabilities of also hosting an NHL team? I think with, with um, because they're still in the process of building or have they built their new arena? Because I, I remember they were talking about building an arena that would be able to house both NHL and NBA games. I don't think the Houston Rockets current arena can but the plan for a new one would. Hmm. At, at least that, that's my understanding. I, I could be wrong. I'm a little removed from what's happening out in Houston um, these days. But um, I would like to share a, a comment that was sent to me by a, an Arizona Coyotes fan. Yes, they do exist. Um, when he was hearing rumors of the uh, Coyotes either relocating or being sold, uh, this comes from Scott. Um, Is Scott um, real? 
No. Uh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> I think he had the right answer the first time. The, the, <laughs> I'm reading his text right off my phone here. Um, I, I, I do like his comment first was, I can't tell you how much of a return of an investment in supporting this team has been. He gives it five stars. So <laughs> in, in all sarcasm, uh, yes, he, he is uh, not thoroughly shocked, but... Um, I think he, he might be a little disappointed, especially since those uh, those fabulous Kachina jerseys could be yes. going away. If they move yes. to Houston, there's no reason to keep those, no. even as a throwback. No. I, I think once you leave Arizona, you leave the jersey behind. Which is disappointing. I, it, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Richard, you and I are on the same page about this. I love that jersey, <laughs> particularly I, the the what is now the home, the home the dark, dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I love that they've gone to that full time this season, which which kind yes. of pushes the um, they're grasping at straws to kind of fill the stands, and it's not exactly working. Um, so yeah, there there we go. That's uh, our non-COVID story of. Well, I, I guess we, we we do have one more. We we could move on to uh, something that that Jacob I know has been following, <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens. Sounds like uh, the front office is a fire sale. Uh, would you like to fill us in on the latest developments north of the border? Everyone's gone. <laughs> Bergevin, get out. Paul Wilson, get out. Trevor Timms, get out. You're all out of here. Um, they also have hired Jeff Gorton, who will mm. serve as executive vice president of Hockey Ops. So they still have yet to hire a new um, general manager um, and find it kind of a new direction but I think this is a really good first step um, Mark Bergevin got lucky I feel it looks like he knew what he was doing during the playoff run and it is very clear that it, especially now that was just all complete luck um, because of the follow through after the Stanley Cup run so I, I think this is, a, this, has, this, has, this is a good decision. It doesn't matter who they hire from now on. It will be, a, it will be better. Uh, as long as there is going to be a rebuild, and as long as they try to at least just retool this roster currently so they can go in a direction rather than try to shoot for like a, a bottom playoffs for like a wild card spot even though they're very much not going to get that. that That's how they made it to the Cup last year. Well, they were looked good last year at times, and then they completely collapsed at, towards the end of the regular season. So, I was going to say, they, they kind of backed into the playoffs, didn't they? Oh, yes. But before that, before they turned around and spun around their car on the ice, <laughs> it looked fine. Like, they looked like a reasonably hard team to play against. But all that's gone. That identity of uh, just a really good defensive unit is just gone. Well, to, to jump on the opposite side of the coin there, um, it, I don't know if comparing the team that they have now to the team that went on that amazing playoff run last season is, is really a just comparison because the team they have now is vastly different than the people they had on the ice because of, you know, off season dealings, 
injuries. Um, it, obviously, you don't have Carey Price, who is a big part of that team. Um, I, I don't think it's fair to, to make the comparison that this team's not performing to where they should when it's a team who is not really what it was last year. Well, keep in mind, the team last year has a direction. Uh, yeah. they, have a, they have stuff that they can build upon. And now they don't. They, they let uh, the people that they could have built upon walk away in free agency. Mm-hmm. And then they signed players like Mike Hoffman for absurd contracts. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't I, know I just, what to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand the firings and the people who needed to, to be let go. Uh, because, Jacob, as you put it, the, the team doesn't really have a direction right now. And that's what they desperately need. Um, but I just I think making the comparison of, you know, you know, here's a team that went to the Stanley Cup last year and this year they're doing nothing. Well, you know, it's it's not the same team. I, I don't think the is. same expectation. But but it's not like there are I, many I, key pieces that are missing. That is that took that team from a playoff contender to I mean, they should be middle of the road, but they're not even that. So they are falling short of at least that expectation. I don't think we should be comparing them to the playoff team that we saw last year. I was. Just, I'm just more looking for sparks of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was. Fair enough. Just uh, obviously, they can't do that. 82 games. That would be absurd, um, right. especially for that style of play. But having one of the worst goals against in the league. Sorry, the second worst goals against in the league, with an abysmal power play, and a pretty bad penalty kill. It's just. Well, the, when you watch the games, <clears throat> you just get the feeling that like the Canadians are spectators. They're not active, especially on the defense. Um, I can't. Re- I'm sorry, I can't remember in the last two weeks which which one of the games it was, but um, the defense was just sort of standing around watching um, opposition forwards skate at will in the low slot, scoring goals. Uh, Jake Allen, as uh, as was written in one of the game reports, um, should sue for non-support. <laughs> he should file <laughs> suit somewhere. Uh, get in touch with the NHLPA, but file for non-support. This guy has been playing well. You know, on a decent team, his record would be decent. Um, on the Canadians, it is just awful. And I feel so bad for Jake Allen because this always happens to him. Yeah. And it's never his fault. And his confidence keeps getting shot. And it's so tragic. And he keeps playing. But yeah. also, you know what? That reminds me of yeah. the Philadelphia Flyers last season. Of just watching the other team skate yes. around at will. Into yeah. the whole slot. And they're, they're starting to do it again. I was going to say, that That seems like uh, hasn't changed. what I'm seeing out of them this year. Uh, so just as a, before, before you go off this, uh, Richard, um, okay. uh, get your take on it for one, but number two, to put it to you two. Um, okay, so Montreal has broken the ice. Um, who's next? As far as um, just cleaning house, like cleaning house, 
Yeah. Um, um, Buffalo. I'll, I'll give you some options. Buffalo, Chicago, um, uh, Vancouver, and Philadelphia. I think right now Buffalo's in a better position than they were at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know they started off really hot, and they've since cooled down a lot, but they're playing in a very difficult uh, Atlantic division. Uh, but, you know, for, for as much opposition they have there, they're actually they're not doing too bad. I, I had them doing a lot mm. worse than, yeah. uh, than, you know, what I'm seeing out of them this, this season. I think the front office and, and the moves they've made, at least this season, especially with, with shedding Eichel to the Vegas Golden Knights, um, I think that bought them some time. I don't know if they're safe for the entire season, but I think that just bumped up their time just a little bit more. Um, Chicago, I don't know. I mean, they've already fired their head coach. Um, their GMs, yeah, there, there's got to be a shakeup coming, especially after the news that came early this season. Um, I, you know, I, I think probably the, the next domino to fall will have to be Vancouver. I, I think there's going to be a big shakeup there. What about you, Jacob? I would agree. There, it's, I, in my opinion, I feel like it's a no-brainer. I think Buffalo's performing at expectation, if not slightly above. And Vancouver is just yikes. Well, they have Flyers have lost. Sorry. And, and the Flyers, Flyers have lost seven straight. And last night wasn't even close. Um, it was a 4-1 decision to the Rangers, but um, that that made it seven. They're 0-5-2. Um, I, <clears throat> I think Philly um, has got the itchy trigger finger on this one. So just, just a curiosity because you, you always tend to see that uh, once one coach is fired or a GM is gone, then it's easier for the second, and the third one is even easier than that. So... I think, okay. Lou, you, you are on to something with Philadelphia, and I'm going to call this the New Jersey devil factor. If the devils are doing better than you, um, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> and, you know, they're two points ahead of Philadelphia. They're 10 points ahead of the New York Islanders, who we all picked to be at least in competition for the top three of this division, if not winning it. Uh, doesn't, doesn't look very promising for the New York Islanders. That, I mean, I think Barry Trotz is safe. The guy knows what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, they also have a bunch of games to make up here because of COVID yeah. protocol. Yeah. But, um, and mm. They've got a new building they need to win in. Exactly. Yeah, they've, they need to finally win. <laughs> yeah, 0-4. <laughs> yeah, uh, I found it was really funny when John Tavares has more wins in the new arena. <laughs> wow, you you just really know how to cut to the quick, don't you? <laughs> Very good. I I like that. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, speaking of teams who who might be struggling a little bit, um, be it due to injury, be it due to uh, illness such as COVID, um, and. You know, we just mentioned the Islanders under COVID protocol. 
the Blues are now looking to uh, bring in an emergency, the possibility of bringing in an emergency backup goaltender uh, for their upcoming game in Tampa Bay. Uh, because of illness, it looks like um, Jordan Bennington is on COVID protocol. So uh, they're going to need that e-bug ready to go um, in case anything happens. Uh, he'll be, I believe he'll be on the bench for that game, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Or... No, 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 the e-bug. The, the, e oh. the emergent, yeah. Yeah, he, he should be dressed and on the yeah. bench, I believe. Yeah. Um, so they got that. Uh, Colorado, in their last game in Toronto, had to have uh, uh, their, the emergency backup ready to go as well. Um, uh, Darcy Kemper is, is out due to injury. Uh, Pavel Francouz just got uh, reassigned back to the uh, Colorado Eagles. Uh, sounds like he's going to be doing a little conditioning. Um, so he, you know, could be an option. Uh, Johansson did not fare so well against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know if you guys saw the game from Wednesday night as we're recording this on Thursday. Um, I think it's safe to say Austin Matthews had himself a night. <laughs> an, an, another example of spectators. Yes. There was that one goal uh, that Matthews scored. Um, he went forehand, backhand, forehand, and no one from the Avs was in the picture <laughs> except <laughs> except the goaltender. And and Matthews roofed it from from the tip of the the blue paint. <laughs> He should not have been allowed to do that. <laughs> Rumor has it that Austin Matthews guy is pretty good at hockey. <laughs> at yeah. least that's what I've been told. And it's kind of what I've witnessed as well, especially last night. That was kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, for an Avs fan, that was hard to watch. I, I believe it was probably easy to watch in, in Toronto. Eight to three was the final score there. So... Um, I believe uh, Colorado has a second game tonight in Montreal on their five-game road trip, um, hoping they might be able to bounce back against uh, a struggling uh, Montreal team there. Uh, sticking with COVID protocol, uh, a player that we know has not yet received the vaccine and actually doesn't sound like he has any plans to, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi has been placed on COVID protocol uh, I believe it was after their last game in Seattle is uh, when he tested positive. Yes. Okay. Um, I, no, Boston. Was it Boston? Yeah. Boston? Oh. Hmm. Okay. Wait, no, sorry, you're no. right. Se uh, Seattle. It was back to back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he missed, yeah, he missed the uh, Seattle Kraken game. Um yeah, so uh, th this is a player that we've known has been uh, pretty outspoken about not receiving the vaccine, and I believe that makes him ineligible for games up in Canada. Is that correct, Jacob? Yep. So He's missing, I believe, 12 or so games. Yeah. Um, and now is on COVID protocol for the next 10 days um, due to illness and a positive test. So... Um, you know, the, the hits just kind of keep on coming here as we try and make our way through what we, what we were hoping was going to be a little bit more of a, a mild COVID season. Um, and, um, sticking with the, the COVID updates, 
we have Evander Kane, who is looking to rejoin the AHL affiliate of the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, sounds like Monday he'll be joining the Barracuda to be at least begin training again to hopefully rejoin the uh, the San Jose Sharks. Um, and I I was trying to get a a, a little bit of um, a feeling from Jacob. I Lou, I want to toss this out to you first. Mm-hmm. At, you know what value is Vander Kane to the Sharks roster at this point in the season? None, because he was waived. He cleared waivers, and that's why he's mm-hmm. being sent down to uh, the Barracuda. Uh, so it's a conditioning opportunity for him to try and sell himself um, um, on the op- essentially on the open market. Um, that's that's his value to the Sharks. I don't think. Uh, the Sharks want him. Um, get him back into some into playing NHL playing condition with the Barracuda, who are right across the street. If he's absolutely needed, they can always pull him out of uh, the AHL and bring him back in. But I doubt that that's going to happen. So, what what value do you think he is as far as any sort of trade opportunities, or what do you think they could get in return for? A player who's been obviously plagued by problems, mostly off the ice, in this most yeah. recent, um, you know, if you could subtract <laughs> under ideal, con- you know, under fairy tale conditions, if you could subtract out his personal issues and some of his um, questionable decisions on the ice, I would have him on a team um, in a heartbeat. Um, him, uh, Nazim Kadri, uh, in Denver. Um, I, I, I happen to like both of these players. I, I really do like Evander Kane. I do really like Kadri. I like that, 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 in, th- I, I was about to say unbridled enthusiasm, but you know, you need to rein them in a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I've always liked Kane. Um, I, I think he's a, he's what a team needs on occasion, you know? Um, but what they don't need most of the time are the unbridled acts of aggression and mayhem and chaos. Um, but I think he send them back to Buffalo. Oh, okay. You know? That's what that them. team does. What's that? <laughs> what you said you them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what the, I think that's what the Sabres are missing. Or is a personality. And I think somebody like Kane would, would give that injection of, of personality or send them to Arizona. Um, you know, <clears throat> I don't know whether they'd want to keep him in the, in the, in the same division, but they wouldn't. Arizona's no. now in the central. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Realignment. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, unabashedly, I like Evander Kane, just not his personal side. You know, you know, I, I'm sure if he could take all this back and, and apologize, it, like he he has in the past, if he could make up for it somehow. He would. Uh, just like if you need to make up with somebody, you can head over to LDE Affinity Jewelry. Check out some of their 
uh, fantastic jewelry on the website. Uh, send it to somebody that you care about or maybe somebody that you might need to make amends with uh, to kind of smooth things out. Uh, they got a great selection over there over at LDE Affinity. Uh, Jacob, um, who do you think... Uh, Lou started touching on this a little bit. Um, what clubs do you think might benefit from a player like Evander Kane? Or I guess it sounds like me trolling, but I do think the Boston Bruins. <laughs> okay. And the, and the reason why I say that is Bruce Cassidy has had a very good history of taking players who are just problem players who do really dumb, unbridled stuff on the ice and toning them down a lot. You saw that with Brad Marchand. And I feel like if he if <laughs> you want to get the most out of Evander Kane, I think that's that's the team that you put him on. There are other teams like maybe a uh, I could say Seattle would could take him, but I don't know if that team would and in, in that locker room would actually benefit or be more of a detriment. So I think maybe one of those two, um, hell, the New York Islanders, if they can fit that into their cap space, uh, in the cap situation, they could use them. Okay. Those, those are fair points. Um, I, 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 think, um, I, I think you're right with Bruce Cassidy in Boston, um, but I think a, a more apt analogy would have been the Taylor Hall route rather than the Brad Marchand. Uh, as we know, Marchand is still quite the uh, the agitator, at least on the ice. Uh, He's in a three-game not... suspension. <laughs> yes, in a three. First loop footing. footing. Yeah. yeah. So it's all on the ice. It's not so much off the ice, which is what we're concerned about here. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think um, – I don't know. I, I kind of agree with Lou. Uh, Arizona might be a good place for him to land uh, because, really, there there's no expectation. Like, uh, he can be there. There's absolutely no expectation of him. Um, and he'll have uh, a couple of, you know, strong personalities around him to somewhat keep him in check. But uh, as far as the coaching staff goes, I don't know if they'll be able to, to handle a personality like Evander Kane. Um, so uh, moving on beyond uh, the, the COVID uh, news in the NHL, um, and speaking of, you know, players that were once troubled in the past, uh, Jack Eichel is now out skating at about a month after his neck surgery. Um, this is kind of a, a little bit of a, a surprise. You know, it, it's always good to see a player, you know, come back from, you know, an injury or a procedure and at least start getting back to where they are. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with him in Vegas, uh, see if he's going to be, be able to be a contributing member or if it's going to be, you know, the Jack Eichel that we saw in Buffalo and, and kind of a distraction in the locker room. Um, Jacob, your thoughts on, on his return, at least to skating. And do you think, do you have a, a projection on when he might be at least practicing? If he's practicing, that means he's off the LTIR and, what does that mean for the cap? That's $10 that million. aside. <laughs> that aside, <laughs> let's just look at his his rehab and in what this early skating might mean. I haven't. I legitimately have no idea uh, because of 
this kind of surgery. Uh, I don't. I I legitimately don't know what anything's going to be like with uh, how long he's going to be able to, or how long it's going to take for him to get into like um, shape where he can play ho- contact hockey or anything, or wear mm-hmm. a contact jersey. We'll see. Um, but if he's on track, I, I believe I already said when he was traded, they're hoping to do a Tampa Bay but uh, situation. But if he comes back earlier on the short side of the initial projection of the three months instead of the five months, Vegas is kind of screwed because they need to clear up $10 million of cap space. Like that pronto. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lou, uh, your, your thoughts on, on when he, you know, well, let, let's say it is on the three months um, and he could be back. I mean, do you have any sort of clue on, on who might be on the chopping block or who, who might be hitting the road from Vegas? Um, <clears throat> besides Peter DeVore? <laughs> I mean, yeah, besides him. <laughs> uh, Vegas is 12-8-0. Uh, they need, uh, they need something. Um, I I would, <clears throat> as much as I might question Jack Eichel, uh, and have done so repeatedly on on the podcast for the last couple of years, I I would not want him to rush his return from um, a surgical proceed uh, from surgery. Um, uh, this needs to be delicately handled, and if he's but if he's ready to skate. That doesn't mean he's ready for contact. I'm sure he's, right. he'd be wearing a red jersey. Um, who would be gone? Um, um, you know, you have to... I'll give you one. Mark Stone. I think Mark okay. Stone would be gone. Um, um, he would be good bait uh, to bring in um, uh, prospects or... Um. Yeah, it bring prospects to to populate uh, the Henderson team. Um, they're just not playing well. They they lost to the Anaheim Ducks last night, six to five. Um, they should not be. Um, you know, as well as the Ducks are playing. Um, they should not be losing to the Ducks. No. That should have been a win. That should have been two points last night. They did. They lost in regulation. Yeah. What do you think? Um, well, let's see. Um, I mean, you, you do have uh, Mark Stone, who's got a no movement clause, and he has signed well beyond the twenty twenty seven season. Um, you also have Patcheretti, who has a modified no trade clause. Marsha Soul, who also has a modified no trade. Um, I think the biggest name that you have in there who does not have a, a movement clause on his contract is Riley Smith. Hmm. And I don't think that's a player you're, you're looking to get rid of right now. Um, and if you go below that, then you're looking to get rid of three, four players just to make room for Eichel to come in. And I, I think that's, that's a detriment to your roster. Um, and looking at the injured reserve, you know, you have Alec Martinez, who's uh, sitting at uh, $5.25 million a year. Uh, he's on the IR right now, which, of course, doesn't count, you know. 
It does oh. count to the cap. Yeah, it does count. Sorry, I was, I was thinking LTIR. Um, no, yeah, you have him. I mean, but that's just kind of a, a jerk move to do when somebody's on the IR. Um, yeah, I I don't see many moves for for Vegas to bring. They're going to have to get extremely creative. In short, there, there's there aren't many players that I wouldn't give up for Jonathan Montresor. Yeah, um, but they're they're so locked in. You're right. They'd ha- they'd have to beg, borrow, and steals from from these guys with the no trade clauses. Yeah. But I, uh, Jacob, do you? Th- <clears throat> I I just don't see Vegas going anywhere right now. They're spinning their wheels. They they can't seem to get any traction. Um, they can't seem to put together a decent winning streak to put distance between themselves and the rest of that uh, division below them. Yeah, I don't know where you go from here if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. You, I they have previously had rumors of getting rid of Max Pacioretty at times, but those haven't been around for at least the last year and a half. So do you look at that again? Because Mark Stone's the obvious answer just due to cap hit alone, but that no movement clause just makes it almost impossible. So what do you do? And there isn't any easy answer because you're stuck. You have to acquire, um, you have to give up more than one player. And, Yep. Every player that they've signed contributes a pretty sizable amount to their core. So it, I, I just I don't know how they're going to do it. So th- this isn't exactly an easy answer. It would be kind of imploding their their roster. But you do have Riley Smith, who's a UFA next season. That's five million dollars of cap space. Um, you have uh, Mattis Janmark, who is also a UFA next year. Uh, he is a $2 million hit. And then uh, you have Braden McNabb, who also has no movement clause. He's a UFA next year. That's a $2.5 million hit. That's almost enough to bring <laughs> in Jack Eichel if you got rid of all three and did not retain any of that salary. Jeez. That you would still be awful. about $500,000 shy of bringing him in, which you could do by, uh, I don't know, maybe you get rid of Adam Brooks. And there, you, you just uh, you got about two, $200,000 of cap space. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, <laughs> you're, I feel so bad for, for, the, for Vegas fans because if they just didn't trade for Jack it, yeah. If they didn't do this, they would not be. A, I think if they could have worked out a deal where Buffalo kept, like, retained some of that salary, they would be in a much better position. But the fact that they could not do that, and yet they still bring on a player who's getting $10 million a year for the next five years, uh, that, that puts you in a little bit of trouble. But, yeah. And yeah. you're guaranteed, you're guaranteed a first. Or yeah. you're guaranteed losing your first. Right. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It, and their prospect pool it has been mostly dried up, especially uh, sh- um, shipping off Peyton Krebs in that same deal. 
yep. there aren't really many players that they can pull on that they haven't already. Yep. But th- so, this is a disaster. Oh. On, <laughs> yeah. in, in, by the end of the season, this could, Vegas could be a disaster. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure exactly where they were, you know, what their end game with uh, bringing Eichel on with this kind of deal was. Um, I don't know if they feel that, you know, they need to hurry up a, and like and just tank to start the next rebuild. If they feel like that window from their inception, their Stanley Cup run, and then, you know, the next couple of years of falling short of said goal um, – if that's warranting like a decline and if they're, they're thinking they need to rebuild from that. Um, hmm. I, I don't know what's going you know, through the, the minds of these front office people, but that's also why I'm not one of them. So I, for me to criticize <laughs> and not know exactly what's going on behind closed doors there uh, seems, you know, a little, um, a little undeserving, but you know, I like to do it and that's what we do here on this you know, podcast. I have a theory. Oh, okay. I'd love to hear it. I think they were going to ship him off. If assuming that their plan is, and they're trying to pray to to God that Jack Eichel doesn't come back before the season ends, regular season ends. Um, if he plays during the playoffs, they might try to trade him afterwards, the following off season. So he's a rental. Yes. But rentals usually don't have a five-year contract <laughs> attached to them. Right. <laughs> wow. Uh, right. And, I mean, and then, you know, if they can't find somebody to unload them, that, that's serious trouble there, too. Because yeah. now a lot of people are going to want to take a, a then uh, would then be a four-year, $10 million a year contract. And you would have to retain some of that just to unload them. Because nobody's going to take that. Uh, okay. But we'll, we'll, like we'll think- definitely keep keep an eye on that and see how that transpires. Guys, I want to move to something before we get to our picks here. Um, and it is something that uh, our friend Lonnie Goldsmith had tweeted out before the show. And Lou, I'm sure you saw it. Jacob, I know. I think you were tagged in it as well. Uh, the Nashville Predators have debuted their stadium, se- uh, stadium series jersey. Um, and since it's, it's a jersey that, that we just need to talk about because that's, you know, one of the two things we just love to do on this podcast, you know, criticize front offices and criticize jerseys. Um, guys, have you had a chance to take a look at the Smashville Predator jerseys for these stadium series? I am going there right now. <laughs> this is a oh, hate crime. Lord. that's why i didn't put that at the very top i wanted to get some genuine reaction from somebody and lou i think you embodied everything that hit me once i saw that (laughs) oh that's just that's just awful they went from a, a jersey that i loved that first one with the dark blue and the and the solo and the um, the the saber the the, pre, the saber tooth cat on the on the jersey as the logo. Yeah, I thought that was just a you know there were no hockey sticks, no pucks with the 
with the with the skeleton head to this. Uh, no, sorry. Mm. <laughs> so don't <laughs> don't I, I, don't, I don't come looking at me and saying that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, liking this <laughs> the the Arizona the Kachina coyotes. Yeah. Don't do that and then tell me that the Smashville is, is okay. Now, I, I liked their Winter Classic jersey much better than what they're putting on the ice for the Stadium Series. Jacob, have you pulled up the link? Yes. What, what are your thoughts? Um, so it, <laughs> there is, um, there's a link called the Canadian Football League, and they have all the major Canadian cities for the most part. And there is a team named the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Mm. And for some weird, weird reason, they kept calling themselves Swaggerville. Mm. Just unprompted for no reason. And you want to know what happened with that? What happened? They got voted the saddest city in North in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. This is a hate. This jersey's a hate crime. That, oh wow! <laughs> and you, okay. and it I, I wasn't going to go Winnipeg. that far, but oh man. Okay. I, I'm going to throw in okay, a sec. They stretched out the eye. Why? Why is the eye like weirdly stretched out? Oh yeah. Um, I I'm throwing in a a second link, which has the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, yes. Stadium Series jersey that is going to be competing against this one in that game. Um, I I got to say, I uh, actually, I kind of like it a lot better. Um, but I, I, I still wish that Tampa Bay would go to their old alternate jersey they had in the late 90s with the angry C at the bottom and the rain coming down. Um, but I, I don't know. I've never really embraced Bolts as a, a nickname of the Lightning, but, you know, that's that's just me. Um, yeah, the, the stretched out eye in Smashville, it's just, I don't know. I just, I get some people refer to them as Smashville, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not digging this one. It's just, it's not doing it for me. That's, that's what I have to say. Another um, loser. I, I was going to say maybe if they switch the color scheme and do the yellow on top and bottom, but I mean, that would make it look marginally better. Just the fact that you have Smashville in like two different tiers in the middle. Uh, I, I think just, just stick with that alternate logo as your crest, get rid of Smashville and uh, flip the colors and uh, you got a, a decent Jersey. But the second S is half the size of the first S. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. This is um this is something. Yeah. Just go with the guitar pick. <laughs> I, and now have you decent. have you seen the, the have you seen the Tampa Bay jersey? Yes, the bolts. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts. No. It's just it's another jersey that just sits there. It's like the pastel um, St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Oh God, I just hate that. <laughs> and then, I mean, and then it was the one with the um, uh, uh, the Blackhawks with the Mastodon leather <clears throat> for the oh yeah <laughs> for the gloves. 
God, that was awful. I, know, I, I like the Lightning better than I like the uh, the Nashville jersey. I think seeing them compared against each other uh, makes at least Tampa Bay's look better in my eyes, just well, by okay. comparison. Otherwise, it's just kind of a, a bleh jersey for me. Yeah, anything next to something that violates the Con- Con- Geneva Conventions is infinitely better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Boy, you must be really worried about those finals tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listeners, if you want to take a look at these, uh, head over to Lonnie Goldsmith's Twitter account, Lonnie underscore Goldsmith, and uh, check out his, (coughs) excuse me, check out his tweet and uh, see what you think. You know what? They probably could have done better if they went over to Verbero Hockey and just ordered some jerseys from Verbero. They could have gone to the, the ProHockeyNews.com link right there, the banner ad, save themselves some money. So, listeners, if you're looking to design a jersey that may may or may not be a war crime, go head over to VerberoHockey.com. Actually, better yet, head over to ProHockeyNews.com, hit the banner ad, save yourself some money on those jerseys, and uh, try and do at least one iota better than the Nashville Predators. All right, it is time for our Bet 99 Picks of the Week. Jacob, give us an overview of what happened last week, but be kind to me because I know I did not do that well, and uh, give us our games for the week. So Lou had a perfect week. So congratulations to Lou. Yep. And I also accidentally gave Richard three more losses than he deserves. Whoops. Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Richard didn't have the best week. He went two and three. And I went four and one. But we're all very far behind Lou. Lou's starting to run away with the picks right now. We have this week. (laughs) 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 I'll give it all back this week. Okay, so our first game. Lou... Can you start us off with Tampa Bay at Boston? Um, Boston. Thank you. Okay, Richard. You got to go Tampa Bay. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm going to agree with you as well, Richard. Tampa Bay looks good, and they're also not named Boston. So I knew you would. <laughs> I have to remain somewhat consistent. So every time there's a Boston game, I always lose because I always bet against oh Boston, except for one time I bet Boston, then Boston lost <laughs> because that, Boston has to hurt me in every way, shape and form. Um, next game is the Columbus Blue Jackets at the Washington Capitals. Richard, I'm starting with you this time. Um, go with the Capitals. Ovi gets yet another hat trick. Lou. I'm going to take the Caps as well. Um, Blue Jackets just got shut out 6 nothing this week. Um, they've sort of gone cold. So, Caps. Yeah. And by the way, every team in that division has gone cold except for your Rangers, who are the only ones with a winning streak in, that, in the yeah. Metro right now. Yeah. yeah um, I'm also going to have to agree with Washington. I'll make it unanimous. It's just... Washington looks really good, and Ovi is playing out of his mind. Next game, we got a barn burner. The New York Islanders at the Detroit Red Wings. Hmm. Uh, Richard. Uh, is this 
game actually going to be played, or is it? Is this their first game back? This is their first game back, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, yeah, I'm going Detroit in this one. Um, I, I should go Islanders, but Detroit's actually looking decent right now, and uh, the Islanders not so much. I think the rest will help. Or, yes. So you're saying Detroit. I'm saying Detroit. Okay, Lou. I'll take Detroit as well. And I think the rest is going to help the New York Islanders. Um, well, I, um, this isn't a knock on the Red Wings at all, because the Red Wings have been playing quite well as of late. I think the Islanders are going to make good re- good use of that rest and just kind of start to get back on track. Uh, I'm hoping that nobody is dealing with any severe uh, COVID-19 symptoms. But... Yeah, here, here's hoping that New York starts to uh, come back and play like the team that we thought they were at the start of the season. And now we also have the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Minnesota Wild. Lou. Wow. Before um, the Leafs took care of the Avs last night, I would have taken the Wild, but uh, no, going to take the Maple Leafs. Okay, Richard. I got to differ from Lou a little bit here. I'm going Minnesota. Both are on just really good winning streaks. Uh, Five in a row for Toronto, four in a row for Minnesota. Uh, Toronto's won nine of their last ten. I think they they hit a little bit of a snag here. They're going to play a decent Minnesota team. Um, Yeah, I think uh, Minnesota's going to take this one. Okay, and the... For our final no. game, we have... Wait, wait, who are you taking? Who are you taking? Oh, I'm taking the Leafs. No. Okay. I think Toronto's just... They're off it. When their offense is clicking, it's clicking. I have been a bit critical of them in the past, and I am... I've been proven wrong, so... They're 15-2 and two in their last 17. Yeah. Point out, where, point out the time where I started talking crap. <laughs> 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 okay. Anyways, uh, final game, the St. Louis Blues at the Florida Panthers. Uh, Richard. Florida. Lou. Florida. Yeah, I have to go to Florida as well. I can't good conscious pick the St. Louis Blues. And that's it for the picks of the week. If you'd like to follow along, use the PHN picks hashtag on Twitter. And yeah. Cool. Transition. All right. That takes us to our parting thoughts. Uh, hey, Lou, when are we going to get a sponsor for the parting thoughts? I will talk to Backroads Guitars, uh, <laughs> okay. located in Albuquerque. <laughs> you know Lance. We played <laughs> okay. hockey together, the three of us. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, parting thoughts. Uh, Lou, what's on your mind this week? Um, not a lot. Um You've got me using the word worried in the back of my mind. Uh, so everybody, please, including my family members, please get vaccinated. All right, Jacob. Speaking of vaccinations, I'm going to potentially get my third shot at some point. Fairly. Cool. Maybe soon. I don't know. I'm at like the back of the line because I'm the 23-year-old healthy person. So... <laughs> um, Obviously, check what your um, doctors are saying and Mm. do that thing. Yeah. All right. Um, 
actually a few weeks ago, I got my Moderna booster and, um, actually I, I had absolutely no adverse effects to the, the shot, which nice. was great. I had a sore arm for about a day. I got my flu shot the very next week. I think the flu shot made my arm more sore than my COVID booster, but you know, that's neither here nor mm. there. I, I didn't do it because, you know, uh, out of fear or anything. I did it because it's the responsible thing to do. Uh, so please, I'm going to echo both Jacob and Lou. Uh, if you are eligible, please go out and get either your booster or start receiving your vaccines. It is what is going to help us pull us out of this pandemic and make COVID at least not so much in our face, but more of a, a seasonal flu type disease that we can at least regulate with. Yeah medication and with uh vaccination maybe we should get the cdc to sponsor the parting thoughts <laughs> yeah well, with that parting thought absolutely no, I, I, okay you know what i'm gonna throw in one more parting thought so it's not all gloom and doom right. and disease and yeah. okay i'm gonna one more thing um if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode we had a great guest evan f moore uh to talk about his new book uh game misconduct um so if you haven't listened to that episode go back into uh, your downloaded podcasts or subscribe to us, and then you can listen to it there. Uh, he gave a great interview about the about his his new book. He wrote with uh, Josh Vinasaw. Uh, they talk about you know just some of the issues they are seeing with hockey culture. You know what it's what's do it's doing to be a detriment to the game, and what we can do to fix it. Um, I've read a lot of that book, and it is. Um, I mean, they they are not very subtle about the issues that they see in hockey and nor should they have to be. Uh, but they do also offer some solutions on how we can fix hockey culture to kind of, to preserve this game that, that brings so many people together. So as, as it should, because it's such a great game. So, so before you pass it off and, and close out, um, I'm going to also add a little bit of up, uplifting. We did a book review this week. Um, uh, great two is the title T O O. Um, it is about Coach Wally, Walter Gretzky, uh, father of Wayne. Um, the book was written by Laurie Holomas and Glenn Gretzky, uh, brother of Wayne, and was illustrated by Kevin Sylvester. Um, it is on our site, the book review, which provides a link over to Amazon.com. Uh, this is a this is a really good book, um, really great messaging, and I think it dovetails exactly with what you're talking about Um Richard, and that's about changing the culture, and uh, that's what this book is uh, uh, really targets: is uh, is is that attitude that uh, you bring to the ice, to the uh, to the locker room, and um, to a pizza party. So, yeah. No, I yeah. have to add one last party okay. thought too. Okay, good. Just so I'm not left out here. Yeah. Uh, World Juniors coming up in around 20 days. Just starting kicking off Boxing Day in both Edmonton and Red Deer. It's going to be a really fun time. We're going to have fans in the stands this year. So welcome back to the World Juniors. It'll cool. Be great. I liked those parting thoughts. Yeah. Those, those were nice and happy and uplifting. Not that the other ones were any less important, but I like those. That, that leaves a good taste in your yeah, mouth yeah. As, as we leave Absolutely. this edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. For Lou Lafredo and Jacob Doherty, I am Richard Cote, and I will see everybody else next week. <laughs>